everybody. Welcome to the Pastor Mike Drop Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Householder, joined by my co-host, Emily Langpaul. Hello. Hi, Emily. How are you? I'm good. And I'm excited to talk about some fun things. Literally fun things. Literally fun things. We're talking today about why don't Christians have more fun? And we invited two of the most fun people we know. Yes, <laughs> we did. The party people are here. Uh-huh. It's good to have them. We have your lovely wife, Sally. Hi, Sally. Hello. Well, hello there. Hi. <laughs> I would never say that to any other guest. But, you know, uh-huh. It's it a works. little different. But, yeah. It works. And Mark Brandt, our digital outreach minister. Hello. Hello there. Hello. See how I did it differently? I like it. Same words. <laughs> so, different so tone. So Change, good. I've been around here too long. I Yeah, it's all. How long have you been here? 23 years in June. Ooh. First. Wow. We were just talking wow. about that, that you were youth director for Emily's husband. And for Emily too. And for Emily and too. And for Emily. That's true. Wow. Wow. I guess that goes together. Yep. <laughs> Once upon a time. Uh-huh. Yep. That's yeah. amazing. And now you are doing everything fun. Digital yeah. outreach fun. Outside the walls. Yeah. yeah. We'll yeah. talk more about yeah. that as we go. And. If, if, if we want to talk about fun, we got to talk about Sally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sally helps well, with a lot you. of fun around here. <laughs> She's also uh, the brains behind our VBS songwriting team uh, with a few others who help and create the vibe of VBS fun. Absolutely. Yeah. You create the vibe, produce a lot of the fun that happens mm-hmm. around here. A lot of the ideas that are really fun that I get yes. credit for. At least half of those uh, <laughs> come from my wife. So um, the good ones. The yeah. other half, those are mine. I don't know. <laughs> well, and VBS was one of the very first things that I experienced at Hope when I started here yeah. in the summer of 99. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's a good way to start. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't terrible. It sets the tone. Absolutely. Yeah. I always like it when new staff get VBS real quick. Yes. Then you can't take yourself too seriously no. after that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we are talking about why don't Christians have more fun today, but we wanted to start with yeah. sort of a... An, it's, we don't need an icebreaker. We all know each other really well, but yeah. maybe kind of a get to know our guests a little better. Yeah. Mm. And get into our topic. Hope has a long history of fun and we've all helped with planning certain things and seeing the behind the scenes of certain things. Some go right, really, really right. <laughs> and some go really, really wrong. Yes, so <laughs> whether it's right or wrong, curious to know people's favorite, maybe top memories of events that Hope has done. Things we've tried to pull off that bring a lot of fun. Ladies first. Sally, what's what stands out for you? And how long have we been at Hope now? Gosh, since 1993. Since 93. So mm-hmm. 29 years. 29 years. Wow. I haven't added that up for a while. No, that's, me either. That's it's incredible. gone by fast. Mm-hmm. So, it's gone by very quick. So many things, but what stands out? Okay, so yeah, there are so many things. But one thing that just cracks me up when I think about it is the one Christmas when Mike Horseman was a reindeer. He was Rudolph. And we actually swung him from the ceiling in the bridge, which like was back and forth. our worship center. Yes. And, and Mike... Decided to not catch him at one point. Like when he came there, he just <laughs> let him keep going. going. <laughs> I thought it was better just to let him yeah. swing. Yeah. You know, it was, it was more really Rudolph-like. I yeah. loved it. And I think that service, maybe we had motorcycles driving up, drive down the center aisle also. Yeah, we've yeah. done that twice mm-hmm. and with about a... 20-year gap in between. Yeah. So if you're keeping score, we're about 16 more years away from the next Getting motorcycle close. run. Be here before you know <laughs> yeah. it. Uh, if, if it repeats. That's awesome. Similarly, I will add that at a VBS skit one time, I think it was an entrance video perhaps or a skit, uh, we had decided that Pastor Mike was going to come down and propel down the baptismal font, but that was not quite safe enough. And for and, our for our listeners who are not seeing, well, you can't see the baptismal font uh-huh. a- anyway visually. 
It described the baptismal font. Well, I'm trying to guess how high it is. It's very what do you think? tall. Oh, gosh, 50 oh. feet? 50 feet minimum. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's way up not there. More. Yeah. Yeah. Way so there. instead, making the wise choice, uh, we chose not to put a person on it, but they created a dummy. <laughs> <laughs> and I will tell you that behind the scenes, there were staff whose job was to try to figure out how to make this look like Pastor Mike. <laughs> they did a creepily good job of yes. it, I thought. And it all worked until certain limbs started falling apart and things were yes. just yeah. Arm, all arms falling off, legs, the, the whole deal. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm glad it wasn't me. Well, mm-hmm. and a funny behind the scenes story about that is they had it propped up in the bathroom to dry. <laughs> oh, yes, right. And so people didn't know that. And you'd walk in the bathroom and you'd hear people scream. Like, oh, I did. I did that. Dummy. I walked in and I thought somebody was in there. <laughs> there you go. Oh, my gosh. That, that was, was great. funny. Uh-huh. Oh, my god. Mark, what stands out for you? So we did a building campaign. Uh, we've done several. But there was one that was Building Hope for the World. And we decided to go down to the not the Civics, uh, the convention center. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. Downtown and, Des Moines. Yeah. And we wanted mm-hmm. a giant inflatable globe because why wouldn't you in building hope for the world? Exactly. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. yeah we, it was a big, it, I mean, yes, giant. It was, it was huge. Yes. Like 10 feet in diameter. Yes. And we lost it on I-235. Like <laughs> somebody put it on the top of their car, I think, and it fell off. <laughs> And they didn't notice. We so, lost the world. Yes, we lost the, lost world. the world. The whole world. They ended up finding it, but it was no longer inflated or in... No. Uh, or or it was, it even was, able to be inflated. But they're calling, saying, struggling. did you lose your world? Yes. yes. Yeah, they did. Someone was, called. That's so nice. Oh, phone calls. Uh-huh. We think we found your world. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Mm-hmm. Man, so, so many things. For, for me, what stands out just top of my mind right now, for whatever reason, was it was an Easter. It was early on, maybe two or three years in. And we were at the building that is just down the street uh, on Ashworth Road at the time before we moved to this property and and built this building here. Uh, And it was getting so crowded for Easter, we couldn't fit everybody in the sanctuary anymore. Were you guys, you were... No, I wasn't here yet. Uh, this, okay. this story happens to be my family's first time we worshipped. This was your first time? <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. Not the most... Well, that, that wasn't necessarily us putting our best foot forward it, for you mm-hmm. and your family, but... Um, we went into a tent. We thought, well, we're going to have an old-fashioned mm-hmm. revival under the tent on Easter. What could be better? Mm-hmm. What we didn't factor in was the weather. Mm-hmm. Uh, we thought, well, oh. it's spring. It should be getting nicer. And it was cold. And it was cold wasn't the problem. Wind was the mm. problem. Mm-hmm. It was just like gale force winds. And so the tent we had became a hazard. It looked mm-hmm. like it was going to go airborne, like it was mm-hmm. going to launch into orbit. I've heard there were volunteers holding down. Yeah, the there, were, yeah were, there was one guy I'd been were. inviting to come to Hope for over a year, and he finally <laughs> showed up wearing a three-piece suit, real distinguished guy, <laughs> and strong guy. And he's sitting there, and the, the pole that was holding the tent down right next to him came undone. And he, <laughs> he reaches over, just grabs it, and the rest of the service, he's fighting oh this pole God. to hold the tent down for the rest of us. So... I'm glad it, you came back, I, yeah, you and your family, Emily, it, if that was your first time. It was still a success. Yeah. I, guess, I think people claim, like, I was there, I, I was holding the tent pole. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's right. It's like our Woodstock experience. Yes. You know, there were about Who was 400 there. people there, but right. yes. thousands claimed to have been. Yes, yeah. absolutely. It but I think fun. it sort of summarizes for us one of the approaches that the four of us know well. And, and I would hope... I know most people who listen to this podcast aren't a part of our church family, so we don't want to zoom in too much on our own specific congregation. We want to offer these transferable principles. But one of those transferable principles is something I learned from an older pastor at the church I grew up in in Chicago. He was uh, goofing around. He was a missionary from China. I mean, Mm. serious guy, where Mm. back when it was 
completely illegal to be a Christian missionary in China. He was chased by the Red Army, the Chinese Communist Red Army, you know, with guns and, and, and his life was threatened. S- serious dude. Super smart dude. Uh, Talbert Ronning, Pastor Talbert Ronning. He came to our church as a part-time retired pastor for a while. You remember yep, Pastor Ronning, right, I do. Sally? Very you know well. better than I do. He was there before well. we moved and there. And his wife. And his mm-hmm. wife, yep. And they were just wonderful. And they would have people over to their house for Chinese dinners that they would make, you know, from scratch yeah. and the whole thing. And he was just a goofball. He was a fun-loving guy. His favorite verse in the Bible was, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Mm-hmm. And he would repeat that over and over. He'd sing it from the pulpit. Yes. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Yes, and he'd I just kind of re- keep repeating nice. it. Well, one time, some of the women from the Altar Guild, kind of like, think Church Lady from SNL, mm-hmm. uh, the Dana Carvey character, they were having none of it. And so they kind of went after him. And I was acolyting that day. I was lighting the candles, the altar boy. And they went after him and said, what is your deal? You, you should not be goofing around so much. This is worship. This is serious business. And without missing a beat, Pastor Ronning lovingly, with all the grace anybody could muster, looks at these women and says, in this church... We take God seriously, not ourselves. Yep. Mm. And I think that is such an important transferable principle. I've never forgotten that, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. I was just a kid when I heard it. And I've carried it with me my mm-hmm. whole life and my whole ministry is we better take God seriously. Yes. So we're not going to be flippant about this stuff. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we can't take ourselves seriously because it starts to tip things upside down in a way that isn't healthy for the church. We don't save anybody. God does. And mm-hmm. so we want to point people to him and we want to give God excellence. We want to do our best, but it's got to be, there, there has to be some room for fun. There has to be some room for joy. And we're going to take a deeper look into all those things. Yes. Emily, you got some questions. I sure do. Here we go. Okay, so, uh, hey, why don't we just jump right in? Anybody got any questions? First question, how do Christians lose track of fun and develop a reputation of grumpiness? Church people, followers of Jesus, who hear our Lord say to us, the whole point of me coming into this world is to put my joy in you and to make that joy mm-hmm. complete. That's what the gospels say, that we turn that around and it becomes this thing where, boy, church people have developed a reputation for being the grumpiest people on planet earth mm-hmm. because we just, we're just killjoys. We, we lose our fun. What, what is it you, that you guys see on that? Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes I think that people mistake their seriousness and think they think that it equates their depth of the of their faith. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that really is the case. I mean, I think that sometimes people think that, you know, you can't be fun and respectful at the same time sure. when I totally think you can. In fact, if you're going to be respectful, it means that you're trusting someone. And I don't think you can have fun unless you're in a trusting environment or unless you trust someone. Mm-hmm. And so I think that sometimes, you know, then you'll have people might look, they might look down on people having fun and laughing in church or even clapping for an offering or something like that. Mm. And so then you don't feel welcome and a lot of fun people may leave. And then all that's left are sometimes the grumpy people. And Mm -hmm. that's not very fun. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, on that note, it's interesting. We've done this, um, we've used this tool, this personality test called the color coded hope with our staff before many times. And so you guys have been on staff, Emily and Mark, for mm-hmm. quite a while. So you've probably gone through it two or three cycles. Mm-hmm. And I know what color you are, young man. <laughs> yep. um, that you, you actually set records on our staff, I think, for what is your color called? It's, it's yellow. Yeah. It's, it's the fun color. I didn't have, I mean, it was pretty much all yellow. And I had like one or two red, which is the <laughs> like ordery type A type person. Yeah. And 
They're blue and white also. Blue and blue is more like relational. Everybody, you yeah. know, you know yeah. let's, let's, let's have feelings and whites, everybody get along. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. yellow is just, we want to make it fun at all costs. Yep. The, the color code whites, yep. you, you nailed it. The, the yep. peacemakers, the, the mm-hmm. reds are the type yep. A's and the truth is important to us. <laughs> yes. And uh, the blues are intimacy and one always get in groups uh, and, and break it down. And yeah. the yellows, you... Mm-hmm. And you, Sally, mm-hmm. my what color code, Emily? Oh, I'm very red. I thought so. <laughs> <They're> very red. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why you're such a good leader. Yes. Uh, a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times uh, some of the best leaders have that uh, that tendency, that trait. And here's what I'll say we try to do, recognizing the strengths of each of those mm-hmm. color personality oh, types, is when we're planning a big event, we need somebody like a red, uh, but we say, get the yellows, like bring them to the table Mm -hmm. because we want the fun ideas to draw people in. If, if every, if every decision was made around here just by people who are the type A's, we would never have any fun. Right. It wouldn't, and it wouldn't be effective right? uh, because it's not attractive. Right. It would be practical. It would be, you know, uh, 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 organized and it would be all lined up, but it wouldn't be any fun. My uh, personality test comes out 50-50. I'm half red, half yellow, which mm-hmm. is a really interesting combination. But my older brother and I, my older brother's a pastor in California. He and I were leading uh, a family uh, camp week at uh, a Bible camp. This is years ago. And we did this experiment. We did the color code test on everybody who was there. So there's mm-hmm. like 200 adults who were there at family camp this week. And we went through it. And then we broke it down. And blue was, this is mostly Lutherans. Blue yeah. was by far the biggest group, half yeah. Of the, probably 100 of the 200 adults were blues. Relationships, you know, uh, let's get into, into smaller groups. Let's mm-hmm. connect. Then there was kind of an even distribution uh, between white and red, uh, mm-hmm. the peacemakers and the type A type people. And there were, I think, three yellows. You were there, one of them, Sally. Yeah, there were not many of us. We no. were very small. And we had to, at the end, we had to give like a presentation of what we talked about. <laughs> uh-huh. And so we, of course, used the congas and we used a guitar. And <laughs> so we were like, we, uh, we actually you brought the fun. Yes. You yes, were the we only ones who it. used the we congas. We performed the, it. Yeah. Yes. It yeah. was kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. But it, but it was very telling for me because it sent, it reminded my brother mm-hmm. and I, we both made this comment. Mm-hmm. The church has pushed out the yellows. Hmm. We we yeah. have we don't make room enough for the fun people because if you survey Americans, it's about twenty five percent each. Yeah, uh, who come out with that that personality trait. Mm-hmm. But in the church, there's very very few fun people left mm-hmm. because they said, "Well, I guess there isn't any room for me." Yeah. So we've always hope is different. We're kind of the outlier. Mm-hmm. Yes. hope has always been the kind of church that is filled with uh, fun people, or at least it reflects the American population that way. And I think. I think that's important. Um, the the not only did Jesus say, "I came to put my joy in you to make it complete," but that joy is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit in Galatians five twenty two. It's mm-hmm. love, and then the second right after love is joy. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the goal. The Apostle Paul says, writing from the dirt floor of a prison cell, awaiting his execution. Hmm, of all the things that I could write to you right now, rejoice with me. Mm-hmm. Ha- have mm-hmm. joy, even though he's his whole life has fallen apart. Joy that we can get in Jesus Christ allows us to still have a full life, even when everything's falling apart. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a powerful gift, and it's not to be minimized. I think too many Christians and too many churches minimize joy, and it's just not biblical. Well, they get too focused on their on the the tradition of things and don't realize that tradition can be fun. Yeah. But when you make it so much about the order of things and having to do things the right way, you can lose the fun. Sure. I grew up in a great church in my junior high and senior high years, where you had a pastor that. Really led with fun. Yes. And then 
I've served in a couple churches that were a little bit different, but not uh, bad. They just were different. Yeah. Then when I came here, that was very obvious early on because of how creative you all had to be yeah. in being church in a variety of different ways that mm-hmm. this was going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, take God seriously, but not ourselves. You've said that all the time. And I've just, I, when I get to be a character for VBS, I get to, I, <laughs> I mean, we get to spend two weeks where all we do is completely be idiots for Jesus in so many cool ways. And that's attractive to people. People want to see the church very fun. And yeah. kids, especially when I did student ministry, they they needed to see that we were not afraid to be fools. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which leads us right into our next question. Yeah. A good clarifier for people, I think, is didn't Jesus frown upon parties, celebrations, and wasting time on frivolous things like the pursuit mm. of joy? No. In addition to the things that we've already talked about, he was his first miracle. John chapter two. Love it. He shows up. They run out of wine at the wedding. And weddings back then were week-long celebrations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you run out of wine on day two. You, you've offended your entire community, you know, the people that you invited to come here. It's a, it, was a, it was a major social faux pas. Mm-hmm. It was a huge, huge problem. And so it wasn't just, oh, gosh, we want to keep the party going for the sake of the party. Mm-hmm. It was, this, this is really awkward on every level whatsoever. So what does Jesus do? He takes the water, turns it into wine, his first miracle, because he wanted, among other things, to keep the party oh, yeah. going. He, he, wanted, he wanted the people he loved, the people he was in community with, and the people his mother Mary was in community with, in this case, he wanted them to continue to have fun. Um, fun is underrated. Mm-hmm. When, I often, when I hear that story, there's a part of my brain that likes to go to the, the part that they don't tell you. And I make it up because I can, and it's not in scripture. So don't please don't take this as scriptural. But <laughs> yeah, this is Mark moment, Brandt, not so, the word so of the Jesus, Lord. So Jesus, yeah. so Jesus extends the party. I have to, I have to think the party, like the people that are putting it on, were like, "Hey, Jesus, seriously, Uncle Ted was about ready to go home. <laughs> <laughs> we were ready for him to go home, and you just brought out the best wine. So now he's going to stick around even longer. That, but that's Jesus. He wanted the party to go on. Yeah, and he's yeah. wanted. He's, well, and I think it's funny because it was in Cana where the wedding was, yeah. and Mike and I have been to Cana, and I think it's so funny because it's so it's full of tons of wedding chapels, <laughs> so mm. that, that party has never stopped. <laughs> it's gone on for Every, years. Everybody wants to have that kind of wedding yeah. party, I guess. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Quite the that's reputation. That, that's, that points us right to our next one. Yeah. How did God use fun to turn around Luther Church of Hope right from the start? Sally, why don't you go first on this one? Okay. Well, I think obviously like we have never taken ourselves too seriously, but we take God very seriously. But I think one of the one of the major turning points was back in ninety two. No, it was it couldn't have been ninety two because we were here we weren't here in ninety two. It was in ninety three. Um, and all of a sudden we got to worship at Living History Farms. Mm-hmm. And the neat thing about that is I mean, who doesn't want to go worship in a little old-fashioned little church in an old-fashioned town. If you don't live in Iowa, Living History Farms is kind of a museum that you can go to. And so people would be coming, you know, to this small, tiny church, and you'd be walking up little wood planks to go to Mm -hmm. through a little old-fashioned town to go to church. But if it was really windy or cold, because it is most of the year here in Iowa anyway, (laughs) um, we had so many people with minivans. And so people would drive down with their minivan because it was too far to walk in the cold. And people were just friendly from day one. Mm. And so it was just so exciting. We're like, oh, here come more people. Let's get another minivan down there. And seriously, I mean, I really believe Mm. that we have never lost that feeling. I mean, still to this day, when people open up the door to walk into this building, Mm -hmm. everyone's excited because they're like, yay, because the whole purpose is to come and get to know Jesus. And so it's just awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as you tell that, it, it just reminds me of so many things. That church building at Living History Farms, which is like this outdoor living farm museum Mm -hmm. to to help everybody remember how Iowans used to farm. The chapel that was built there was built there in honor of the Pope, 
Pope John Paul II came mm-hmm. to Des Moines back in 1979, I think it was. He flew over me. I watched the uh, helicopter go over. In Indianola? No, actually, I was in Des Moines at you, the time. Wow. Yeah, hanging out that, with my dad. as close as you got? Yeah, yeah he flew over top. <laughs> Did wow. he wave? No, I waved at him, though. Oh, that's good. So. Nice. That's fun. <laughs> Absolutely. See, we're right on topic. Back when we were still in that building... We decided we'd have VBS, even though we had maybe two or three kids in the whole Mm. church. And we thought, well, we're going to have to invite people Mm -hmm. who don't come to this church or any church, or we're not going to really have much of a VBS. It's going to be really difficult. Um, So we went door to door. We, you know, handed out flyers and I think something like 50 or 60 kids showed up. And it was incredible. It's incredible when you think about it. So you have two or three kids in the church. What's that, Sally? And from where we were located, so far outside the neighborhood, you know. Absolutely. So you've got this this small church, and now you've got this... More kids were coming to VBS than <laughs> we had showing up on Sundays, for sure, uh, for worship. And so we looked at that, and we're like, well, we better make this good, mm-hmm. you know, or, or they're going to come once, and they'll never come back. Mm. So we, you know, make phone calls and all our connections. And I think the theme that year was creation. God's it was a farm theme. A farm, theme. a farm theme. Okay. Yeah. And so we got some little pigs and we got mm-hmm. some, some little sheep and we brought them in. The kids just loved it. And then they invited their friends. I think by the end of the week, we had something like 75 or 80 kids mm. at PBS wow. and it was on. And, and there again, God's teaching us, look, if it's fun, they'll come. And if they yeah. come, you can make disciples. Mm. Uh, you, you can build a church on that. And so no apologies yeah. for doing whatever it is that we possibly can to get people to come into a place where they can hear a life-changing word. Mm-hmm. Speaking of VBS, our next question, why does Hope go to all the trouble of creating original lyrics and choreographed dance moves for VBS songs every year? So for the people who don't know, Sally, you and your team take popular songs that you might hear on the radio and totally transform them. Mm-hmm. Why? Because we've seen what happens when you don't. <laughs> no, because really, we've That's had some true. we've had some music before um, that before we started doing this that just we didn't even like it. It it just didn't relate mm. to the kids. It was a new tune. Nobody yeah. could figure out the tune. Plus, put the words on there, yeah. and it just didn't work. So this way, if it's a familiar or slash easy song to learn, mm-hmm. um, as far as melody goes, mm-hmm. pop the words in there. The kids are going to know it. If it's upbeat, um, we're lucky because on the team, there's a lot of us who have you know are either have done dance team or taught fitness classes or whatever, and you kind of learn. Unfortunately, in front of a group, a, a large group of people, what works and what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I mean, the beats per minute does matter. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so yeah, so we've just kind of taken those and, and learned that. I learned a long time ago, um, I was looking for some some fun music to play with the kids back when we were at Living History yep. Farms and soon after that. And I started with some nursery rhyme songs with the mm-hmm. words changed. And so, and found out that the kids really picked up to that. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as they started picking up on that, we, we just kind of went from there and yeah. here we are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Emily, you, you run the whole program. You run the entire ministry yes, of Vacation Bible well School and you've too. done that for a long time now. What's your perspective on this? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, you guys have the steering meetings and, and talk about strategies. Mm-hmm. How does fun come into that? Yeah. To make VBS we want to do whatever we can to relate to the kids. And so one of the ways that the music being done this way is so transformational is it does relate to their world. And now I see it in a whole new perspective because my daughter Ella turned seven. And so whether I like it or not, she knows the 
radio songs from school or from an iPad or from friends. And the most fascinating thing this year is now that she can read, I realize she knows those lyrics, whether I want her to or not. And the beauty of the VBS songs in the way that we do it and the way your team transforms the lyrics into these words, singing Mm. praises to God, is that those kids are then singing those words. (laughs) And so Mm. there's, we, everyone kind of sees the power of music. We all have tunes in our head or ones that we remember from decades ago or from today. And so the beauty of taking songs that we already know and changing the lyrics so they're pointing kids to God is just, you can't really understand the impact it has I on I did it in the store the other day. Pentecost. Yeah. That's what I was playing in the store. And I just, I did, without involuntarily, my body just went, Pentecost. Yeah, I mean, it, it just gets so ingrained in you. And you take specific Bible stories and you're, you're telling the Bible story through the song. Yeah. You take things like the books of the Bible. We've yeah. done old new, old new Testaments, all of it. And all of a sudden those kids have just memorized the books of the Bible without even realizing it. If I sat them down instead and said, I need you to memorize this list, there's no way that they're no. going to do it or at least have fun doing it. Right. For sure. We're right. redeeming pop music. We're, yes. we're taking the popular music of our day and we're putting Bible-based lyrics on them. We're sometimes putting Bible verses on them. So yes. kids are actually memorizing the Bible mm-hmm. so that when they grow up and they go to a college football game and they're playing this tune that we played in VBS, mm-hmm. they're going to think of those Bible verses. They, like yeah, you just said, Mark, absolutely. you're, you're, you're yeah. going to go back yeah. and, and you're going you're gonna to have memorized scripture without even really knowing it. Uh, although I think they know it. I think the kids yeah. are pretty smart. Mm-hmm. They realize what they're getting. Um, this is a very... Uh, Lutheran thing too. Legend has it that Martin Luther, the guy who started the whole Protestant Reformation, mm-hmm. took the popular music of his day that he would hear in the taverns on Saturday night, invite that band to show up on Sunday, play the same tune in between mm-hmm. Saturday night at the tavern and Sunday morning at worship. He would rewrite the lyrics to the tune so mm-hmm. it wasn't just you know some kind of meaningless uh, lyrical kind of uh, song, but he would put Bible-based verses and lyrics onto those same tunes. Mm-hmm. And that's all we're doing here. Mm-hmm. We're, yeah. we're taking the popular music of our day and we're redeeming it. We're giving it a, a new life, a second chance to be mm-hmm. used for, for God's glory. Yeah. And, and just so that it's not mistaken that we only do just like so many, you know, high beats per minute for yeah. songs. We always do a slow song too. Yeah. And years ago, we kind of decided like, you know, kids just don't want to stand there and just stand there and sing a slow song. So uh, we came up with the idea to put sign language to mm-hmm. it. So the kids, we do, we call it the, the sign language prayer song every year. Mm-hmm. And um, and so that's really kind of, it's really deep and meaningful and causes yeah. a few tears sometimes too. Yep. Yeah, that's yeah. incredible. <laughs> Those All are of powerful. It. Yeah, next question. Shouldn't a church focus more on Christian learning than fun? This one, I'm just going to do real quick and then we, we'll just move on to the next one uh, because the answer is simple. Uh, it's both. It's not either or. Um, and and what's more important? Learning. Of course yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, as we've said in so many different ways already, if it's fun, the kids will come. Mm-hmm. If the kids will come, we have a chance to make disciples mm-hmm. out of them. We have a chance to fulfill the great commission that Jesus has given to them. We have a chance to live out the great commandment, to love these kids enough to provide an environment for them where they're going to want to come. We have found over and over and over again that in this, you know, before we ever came to Hope, Sally and I served on internship and, and in other places. And you learn pretty quick that if it isn't fun, 
um, nobody's going to come, or if they do come and they're forced to come, they're not going to learn. Mm-hmm. They just can't wait to get out of there. They're they're just counting the minutes. Mm-hmm. If it's fun, they want to come. They invite their friends, yep. and mm-hmm. then God can move. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, it is both. We we do the fun for the sake of learning. There's a method to our madness. Yep. It's not fun for the sake of fun just as an end goal all by itself. Mm-hmm. Although, again, I don't want to minimize joy, the joy that Jesus talks about. But it's fun for the sake of us carrying out our mission. Yeah. How does the fun factor into Hope's mission, including the development of local sites and digital outreach? All right, Bishop. Oh, gosh. Let's go. <laughs> I call Mark Bishop because he oversees so many different local sites here at Hope. Tell, explain what that is. Mm-hmm. So for those of you that maybe don't know, a local site is a group of folks that don't live near one of our campuses that want to worship with us. They've probably either grown up here at Hope or they have been worshiping with us online and they just don't want to continue to do that on their own, which I, I respect a lot. In fact, anybody that does online ministry that doesn't say it should move you to an in-person experience right. is probably mm-hmm. not doing it right. right. We really need to move people into that in-person. And so some folks that were worshiping online said, what if we got together and started to worship? And mm-hmm. we put it up on a screen. I mean, it's no different than the overflow spaces that we have here at a major you know, uh, garage door services, Christmas mm-hmm. Eve and uh, Easter. But it really started from that concept because people wanted to gather together for worship with their friends. Mm-hmm. So they became like watch parties. And they, that grew into becoming... Uh, local sites, which are those little churches that are volunteer-led, mm-hmm. um, and they're they're a ton of fun. And here's what the first time we did this in a small town, four city, uh, where I knew we had something. Yep. I showed up to hang out with them, and this is where the fun comes in. Um, they the first song starts, and I've not ever seen it in action. And they stand up and they start singing out loud, and I'm thinking nobody can hear you other than yourselves. Nobody hears you. You're just doing this, and that was great. And I'm like, this is fascinating. They were clapping. Uh, and then the offering song happened. Mm. So and I can't remember who did the song or what it was, but I do remember at the end of it, the folks in Forest City clapped. Mm. And my cynical fun brain said, they can't hear you. But at the same time, <laughs> well, how compelling was it of a moment for them right. mm-hmm. to engage in that way. That told mm-hmm. me, okay, we're up to something here. This yeah. is fun. Wow, I never thought of that, about that. The applause isn't mm-hmm. just for the, it, it, it isn't just no. for the people who are it's maybe bringing the music. Cool. It's always for the glory of yeah, God, isn't absolutely. it? We're yeah. praising God for the moment we just got to yeah. share. Mm-hmm. And even I if it's it. just the community around you gets yeah. to hear that, it's absolutely worthy. So the word got out that we were doing this. It was kind of like the best kept secret in town for the longest time where, you know, Forest <laughs> City was doing this. Didn't quite know what it was yet, but I, I was having a lot of fun with it. And then uh, a gentleman from Ames heard we were doing this and he kind of pushed that a little bit more and said, I would love to see us do this in Ames. And so that just, you know, spiraled into a really cool development there. And now we've built, um, we've started seven there's currently seven different sites. We've launched nine total over the years. Wow. Yeah. And all of those local sites, not one of them did did you like sit in your office no. and have some master no. strategy plan mm-hmm. to start no. here, 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 and here. It's they they, they come to us. Get, they come to us, they're excited yep. about yep. it. And they want to be church together. Yep. And so we just try to facilitate and foster that. It's really exciting. And in some cases, not all, it's not the goal necessarily, nope. but in some cases, those local sites have grown up like yep. Ames. Yeah, to become a campus, yep. and we have a couple more with high potential for that yep. right now as well. It's really exciting. So why is it so important for Christians to embrace fun and reclaim our calling as the life of the party? All right, so I'm going to call this the deeper dive. because mm. <laughs> this, this, We're going we're to go all the way down. I want to hear from everybody on this one. The reason it's so important for Christians to embrace fun and reclaim our calling as the life of the party is Jesus says, at the very beginning of his Sermon on the Mount, you're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. 
And a lot of people try to just interpret that in, you know, classical kinds of ways, but let's just, let's just take it for what those words are. Mm-hmm. Salt brings flavor to things that mm-hmm. have no flavor. Um, you're the flavor. You're supposed to be the flavor. You're supposed to be the spice mm-hmm. of life. You're supposed to be the spice of the party. And this fits perfectly in with some of the other verses we've referenced already in this episode about Jesus wanting to bring joy to us, about Paul saying, when it's all said and done, really the, one of the greatest gifts you have is joy. It's one of the top fruit of, fruits of the Holy Spirit. You're the salt, you're the flavor, and you're the light. I mean, mm. I mean we, the, right now outside, people are like, oh, finally. Isn't this great? And why are they excited? Because the sun's out, right? Mm-hmm. The, the right. light is shining. It's really exciting. That's who we are. That's yeah. who we're supposed to be. When we go hang out with a group of people, Christians and non-Christians, we're supposed to be the life of the party. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be the ones who have the security, the assurance. And that doesn't mean we're supposed to be the ones that put the lampshades on our heads nope. and completely lose control. <laughs> it, it means that we're called to be who we are, mm-hmm. but to walk with such a confidence in our faith that we don't have to worry so much about, oh, I got to impress these people and I got I to gotta make sure that everybody likes me and I got to worry about all these insecure things. We have a security. We have a confidence. And so we have a joy that comes mm-hmm. with that. We're salt. We're light. We're joy. Why would someone want to know Jesus if all the Jesus followers look grumpy oh. all the time? Oh. Amen, sister. I Preach don't it. Know. Yeah, that, it's like the communion walk. I like to call it, where mm. you're just like. Oh. <laughs> it looks like somebody took something. Yeah, that's yeah, right. It looks like they're having oh. the worst day ever. Yeah. You were just given a free ticket to heaven mm. for crying out loud. I mean, there was an eighth grade girl in confirmation class when I was at the church. We were at right out of seminary before we came to Hope. Her name is Lana. She's brilliant. Um, genius IQ, and she raised her hand one time when I was teaching on communion. She goes, if that's true, why why aren't people dancing when oh. they go back mm. to the pews in this church? Mm. So I preached that that Sunday, and, and one of the women in our church who'd been in that church for her whole life, since she's a little kid, and now she's in her 80s, started dancing on her way back uh, to the pew. And I was just like, way yay. to go, sister. That's, yeah. that's it. It's important for us to do this, to embrace fun as Christians, because it's who we are. Mm. And if we don't do it, we're missing a big part of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And that'd be a tragedy. Yeah. Well, I think the world's hungry for it, though, too. They really are. I mean, because they're searching for it in a variety of different ways that'll never last. And I think if we as the church can come alongside them and show them that, that following Jesus can be fun, I think that's Mm. the, the real chance to help people, you know, not only just get to know... Uh, a fun church, but also get to know God. I mean, that's the big thing is that we're wanting to point people back to God. One of my favorite stories really quickly was from the Old Testament when David came back from a big battle. Yes. And uh, he gets into his ephod, which you can look up what that is. I'm not going to tell you. but <laughs> It's not much. No, it's not much. <laughs> yeah. He's dancing around and all the grumpy people were saying, David, knock it off. You're mm. embarrassing us. What mm. are you doing? And he said, hey, I'll get even more indignified yes. because of what mm. God is doing. Yes. And that, I think, is the picture and the glimpse of what it should look like yeah. when God is doing cool things. Not saying there isn't a time for being serious, mm-hmm. but... Exactly. Time and season for everything. Yeah. I mean, and it's not just fun doesn't necessarily just mean like, oh, we're going to give you candy and gum if you come to church. Mm -hmm. It's not that or a prize or anything like that. It's just Mm -hmm. when you come in and you really celebrate the joy of Jesus, Mm -hmm. that's fun. That is true fun. And I've had so many people stop me, like out at the store and things like that, at the airport, different places I've been. And they're just like, you know, I came to church and I was just in such a bad mood. I didn't really want to go. And when I left, I was filled Mm -hmm filled with the spirit and just, I was so happy. And they're like, I haven't felt that way in a really long time. Mm. So 
You it's know, real. And I'm not just saying this because you're my wife. That was like a total mic drop moment for me when you were talking about that. What is the source of our joy? Mm. So many people, you know, Mark, you talked about it. Emily, we've all been talking about it. We, of, as humans, of course, we long for laughter and smiles and joy and happy days and, and all those things. Great. What's your source? Where are you going to find it? Because like you just said, Sally, if your source is Jesus, we're not, talk, we're not just handing out candy and gum or whatever mm-hmm. for the sake of the fun itself. We're doing it so that, so that not, and it's not just kids, we're doing mm-hmm. it so adults, we're doing it so that the, one of the oldest women in our church family out of seminary is dancing back to her pew mm-hmm. after communion. We're doing this so people don't miss out on life, yeah. so that we don't miss out on, on, on the opportunity we have. If, if the source of our joy is Jesus... Wow, mm-hmm. nothing can touch it because mm. nothing can touch that relationship we have with Jesus Christ. Now it's not about I'm having a good day or I'm having a bad day or things are going okay or things aren't going okay. Now it's about I'm in a relationship of faith with mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Mm. You can't take my joy. Mm-hmm. You cannot take it. There's, 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 there's no way. It's, un, it's untouchable in, in that sense when it's rooted that deep, when the source is that strong. Yeah, so, that's good news. It is really good, news. good news. Emily? It's good news, but it's a little it's a little bittersweet right now, isn't I it? I know it. This is our season finale. This is it. I, I want to say thank you to you. I mean, you've been here for all 20 episodes. <laughs> thanks to our guests, of course, yes. too, Mark yes. and Sally today. And thanks a ton to our, our uh, production crew. Yeah. Uh, to Chris New, um, Parker and Matthew. Are, we, we can see Chris. We mm-hmm. cannot see Parker and Matthew. To our communications team, Kelsey's mm-hmm. here today putting mm-hmm. some things together. To everybody who makes this possible, Michelle Bowne had a lot mm-hmm. to do with getting this the whole set. thing set up. Mm-hmm. And, and the list goes on and on and yep. on and on. And then I want to say thank you to all the listeners, to everybody who tunes in so faithfully. Um, we, we appreciate it. We appreciate that you are pulling up a chair mm-hmm. and sitting down with us and having these conversations that um, hopefully hang out at the intersection between faith and daily life. And it's an honor. That's how I feel about and it. And it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> Well, well, and on that note, I don't think there'd be a better note to close on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks to all of you. Most of all, thanks to God for giving us this opportunity and for giving us a source of joy that nothing else can touch. We will see you at worship and Pastor Mike Drop will be back for season four, but we we need to take a little rest. Mm -hmm. And have some fun. (laughs) And have some fun. We'll see you then. But we've got like 90 episodes out there, so you can Mm -hmm. always go back and, and find the ones that are your favorites and share them with friends. God bless y'all. Thanks for joining us today. Please click like, share it with a friend, and subscribe so we can see you next time. Yeah.